From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You made it. The end of the week is here. And a very busy sports week. Got even better last night as the New Orleans Saints knocked off the Atlanta Falcons 17-13, sweeping the season series. That came after the Pelicans win on Wednesday, and now we've got Pelicans basketball again tonight. So, good week for us, uh, wouldn't you say? And uh, certainly we've enjoyed it here on Black and Blue Report. And so today's podcast, the podcast for Saints fans and Pelicans fans, talks about last night's football game and looks ahead to tonight's basketball game as a very busy, busy week continues for the uh, black and gold and for the blue and gold. Uh, Sean Kelly back with you. As we're out and about today in our New Orleans Arena studios, as uh, John DeShazer and I were in Atlanta last night, we talked about how great it is to have these two teams going at the same time right now. It's just one day it's this game, and the next day it's that game, and uh, and with both teams winning right now, it's a lot of fun. Certainly last night was pretty sweet as the Saints improved to 9-2 and two on the season. There were certainly a lot of highlights to talk about. Drew Brees with two more touchdown passes, one of which was to Jimmy Graham, who had his Sixth game this year with 100 or more yards receiving. Pierre Thomas was fantastic, 130 yards combined rushing and receiving as he helped to uh, play the role of two, his own and that of Darren Sproles, who was out last night due to injury. And that defensive line was uh, spectacular. The five sacks in the football game, Cam Jordan and Akeem Hicks. Uh, that duo, we're going to need to come up with a nickname or something for those guys. Uh, they get better and better, and uh, now – Deservedly so, the uh, Saints get some rest and uh, will then begin gearing up next week for the Monday night football matchup with the Seattle Seahawks the Monday after Thanksgiving. Uh, there was some fun stuff from the game last night. Certainly it was cool being in Atlanta and uh, you know doing it to them in their own place and sweeping the season series. But um, it's hard not to root for guys like Tim Lolito and some of the other undrafted free agents that uh, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton have put together especially when they rise up and, and give us great human stories uh, like last night. Now, many of you may not know, we didn't know until after the game last night, but uh, first we found out that Tim Lolito was going to start in the uh, stead of Jari Evans, who was out with an injury last night. And a last-minute start is tough enough, but uh, unfortunately and sadly, uh, Tim lost his grandmother up in Michigan this week, this past weekend. And uh, they were very, very close, and uh, Tim had to go up for the funeral this week. So missed some time going through the mental reps with his teammates this week in preparation for the Falcons game. Flew back down south, met the Saints in Atlanta on Wednesday night, uh, watched some extra film and finding out that he was going to have to step up and start the uh, Thursday night game, which he did. And really, frankly, he played quite well. And uh, as a result, uh, head coach Sean Payton told us about all this after the game last night and said that he had given Tim a game ball following the Saints' win over the Falcons. I caught up with Tim Lolito 
in the locker room last night post-game in Atlanta. Well, Tim Lolito got a game ball from head coach Sean Payton following the Saints' win over the Atlanta Falcons 17-13 at the Georgia Dome. Congratulations, first of all, on the win. I know it's been a tough week. Condolences to you and your family as well on the passing of your grandmother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take me through the week a little bit. It's already a short week after playing on Sunday afternoon. Can you walk me through the couple of days walking into this one? <laughs> it was literally a walkthrough. Um, you know, played the, we played the game on Sunday, and then... You know, I'd, I'd heard rumors and stuff like that that you know she passed away on Saturday night, but um, then I finally you know confirmed it Monday morning, told the coaching staff about it, and if it wasn't for a short week, you know, Coach Payton would you know he told me he's like I, I you know I would have told you to go right now, but when we have a short week and since Charles down, you kind of have to start. But you know, as soon as we get done with a walkthrough on Tuesday, which is about a two two hour walkthrough, he said then then you're gone. So um, that's basically what happened. Is, you know, we did our stuff Monday, did the walkthrough on, on Tuesday, then right after meetings, left, went up to Michigan, got into Michigan about uh, 12.30 a.m., slept, woke up, did the whole funeral thing, then got on a plane about 6 o'clock and flew back down to Atlanta to meet the team at the hotel. It's a challenging week. What wins this game for your team tonight? Everything. It's it's a team win. Um, you know, they're a good football team, so if you don't do everything and all the little things right, you're not going to win. The the ability to stay out in front, even though you know one score can change the whole game, it's a little added pressure that you all haven't had here of late. Yeah, absolutely. You know that the game can turn on a dime just like that because we were only up four points, and, you know, we won by four points. So it, it, it really is, you know, pedal down the entire time. You know that mistakes are going to get you beat. If you had to pick an aspect of the game today that worked best for your side of the ball, what was it? I think Coach said uh, converting on third downs and stuff like that, getting getting big plays when we needed them, I think I think helped out a lot. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. So Tim was all smiles, certainly, as we were speaking and uh, reflecting back on a game that saw the Saints beat the Falcons 17-13. to And on that other side of the ball, uh, Lolito uh, off mic was uh, quick to point out that his uh, defensive counterparts pitched a shutout in the second half. Uh, did not give up a point to the Falcons in quarters three and four. More on that in a moment. Uh, John DeShazer will stop by and we'll get his take on last night's football game. A little bit later in the show, we turn our attention to the Pelicans. Daniel Salerson was at shoot-around this morning at New Orleans Arena. He'll help us preview tonight's matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we're going to talk fantasy football today. As the bulk of the NFL weekend is still in front of us, Michael Fabiano, the editor, uh, the fantasy football editor, I should say, for NFL.com, and for the NFL Network, makes his Black and Blue Report debut today. And he's going to educate me a little bit about fantasy football. And for all of you that are really into it, I think you'll enjoy his visit with us on the Black and Blue Report this Friday. whole lot to get to. John DeShazer in studio with us in just a moment. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. 
And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. Black and Blue Report on this Friday continues with the uh, senior writer from NewOrleansSaints.com. That's John Shazer. John just says I had kind of gone through in segment one and uh, listened to some of the guys react after the game. I'm curious as to what your reaction was to uh, last night's win over the Atlanta Falcons. Well, I mean, I think it was one of those uh, gutted out kind of wins. Uh, you like for them all to be clean and, and quick and blowouts and, and that kind of thing, but but uh, you know you got a, into a rivalry game on the road, short week, and uh, so a nine-point favorite or a ten-point favorite or whatever the line said, uh, all of a sudden it gets into a dogfight because the Falcons are playing this like this is their playoff game because they know they're not going anywhere. Um, now they're two and nine. They were two and eight at the time, and the Saints were eight and two. And you know, again, as we've said a few times, you know, they wanted nothing more than to than to upset the Saints and and to spoil their season a little bit and. And uh, came out with a long touchdown drive, and fortunately for the Saints, they responded. And and I think uh, again, we've seen what Rob Ryan's defense means to this team, how balanced they are, how how uh, much of a complementary team they are, where they can lean on this defense. Offense doesn't have to score a ton of points because they can get defensive stops, uh, shut out the Falcons in the second half, which is huge. Uh, allowed 355 yards or so uh, after back-to-back weeks of not allowing more than 200. But still, we're able to keep the Falcons off the scoreboard, made them kick a couple of field goals, and that was a huge difference. Produced the only turnover in the game, five sacks of Matt Ryan, uh, Atlanta's quarterback, and and had him on the run for a good portion of the game. So, you know, the Saints are are really a total team right now. It was it was going to be tough without Darren Sproles. We knew that because of what he is, kind of that Swiss Army knife in a lot of ways for the Saints' offense. But really, so is Pierre Thomas, and he picked up the slack last night of not having Sproles. Yeah, really, Pierre Thomas does a lot of the same things Sproles does, except for in the return game. Um, you know, he certainly lacks that burst that uh, Darren Sproles has. But when it t- comes to being effective, uh, nobody in the league catches a, uh, executes a screen pass better than Pierre Thomas. He runs well between the tackles. He can get outside for you from time to time. He's really good in in the in the passing game, and in, and he's fantastic in the blitz pickup. He's a veteran who understands the intricacies of this pass offense, so you can trust him in all situations. And uh, the only thing is, you know, whether or not he can be durable to play, you know, f- you know, forty snaps or whatever it is. But you know, for the most part, I mean, the guy is 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 everything you could possibly want a teammate. Ends up with about 130 yards uh, from from scrimmage, receiving and, and rushing, and and again, a big difference in the game is Pierre Thomas. Coach Payton said last night that he was he was pleased with all three phases of the game, and I can see why. But at times, I, I think back to last night and say that the Saints' offense did just enough. And maybe I'm being short-sighted in saying that, though. No, I mean, I I think that's I think that's 
accurate, but but what I also think is, you know, Coach Payton is less likely to take chances, and Drew Brees is less likely to take chances uh, because they have a defense they can depend on now. You know, Drew Brees, you don't see him force passes like last year when he ended up with 20-plus interceptions. He's not going to be anywhere near that because he's taking care of the football. Now he feels like, okay, I can throw it away. I can take a sack from time to time. You know, we can run the ball some. You know, they're going to try to stay with the running game. But we're not going to do anything silly to put our our defense in a bad position because, you know, push comes to shove. This defense has shown either they can keep you out of the end zone or force you in the field goals or they're going to hold down most teams. Really the only slip-up they've had was the Jets game where the Jets run for almost 200 yards. But for the most part, they've been stout. And I think if you've got that complementary game, which is what we've all wanted from the Saints for years, uh, you know, an offensive and defensive balance, now you're seeing, you know, how they can rely on that defense and they're less willing to take chances. And I certainly I think that's a comfort to Drew Brees and Coach Payton. You know, we're so used to seeing those guys put up 35, 40 points that, you know, maybe we've gotten a little spoiled and, and they've done it a couple of times this season. But when they haven't done it have been the times when the defense has stood the tallest. When we were wrapping up in Atlanta last night, I thought you pointed out something that was really big and I hadn't really thought about it. Three wins in what, 12 days. That's pretty remarkable. I don't care who you're playing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those stretches where, you know, it's one of the quirks of the NFL schedule. You know, when you have to play that Thursday night game, it makes for a really, really short week. And the Saints play, you know, Sunday night. Then they play a Sunday afternoon. They play, come back and play a Thursday night. And to get three wins under those circumstances, I understand two of them were at home. But, you know, one against the Dallas team that had a pretty good offense, even though they were kind of shambles on defense. One against a very good San Francisco team that played extremely physical. The other on the road against your arch rival. It's not easy to win that trifecta. And I don't care who you play in or, or what the circumstances are to be able to get your bodies together and get your minds together for three different separate game plans. I mean, that, you know, it's really a rare feat to pull off in the NFL. All right, so the stage is set. The Saints are 9-2. and two. Seattle right above them in the NFC race for the top seed come postseason. The Seahawks have a bye this weekend. The Saints are already done. Here it is Friday morning. This, this is working in everyone's favor to have a classic one week from Monday. Well, and, and I think the Saints believe they have the kind of team and kind of game that translates um, to outside, to cold weather, to, to hostile environments, because now they feel like, okay, they can run the ball sufficiently. Uh, and if they, you know, if they don't run it great, they still have the swing passes and the screen passes they can lean on. They've got a stout enough defense. Uh, the receivers are – the receiving core is good enough. You know, so I feel like they feel like they have a good chance going to Seattle. They're going to have a good long break. And, yes, yeah, Seattle's off this week. But, you know, by no means has Seattle looked like world beaters this season. Really no team has. You know, they just are the ones that only have one loss. But, you know, certainly I think they feel pretty good about their chances going to Seattle and competing well against that team because of the things they've done this year. Um, again, you know, you, you, have to, you can't give Rob Ryan enough credit. He makes – you know, such defensive adjustments, and he's got a great defensive line. I mean, those guys came away with those five sacks against Atlanta and really battered Matt Ryan around, uh, especially Cam Jordan, who was emerging into a superstar, and Akeem Hicks, who collapsed the pocket all night long. So these guys, you know, it's a, it's a nice showdown for number one in the NFC, and, you know, I, I think the Saints like their chances. I think they feel like they have a game that translates to any conditions, you know, whether you're inside, whether you're outside, whether you're home, whether you're away. John DeShazer, John and I will switch our brains now and uh, 
focus on basketball tonight. The Pelicans now will wrap up this back-to-back-to-back for the two of us um, against the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. Speaking of the game tonight, uh, we're going to focus in on that a little bit more. Daniel Salerson's been over at Pelican Shootaround this morning, and he will uh, jump into uh, the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. And a little bit later on, we're going to indulge those of you who love playing fantasy football. Michael Fabiano is our guest. From NFL.com, he is the fantasy editor, along with his work at the NFL Network. So, good win last night for the New Orleans Saints. Pelicans tonight, hopefully we'll get back to 500 and uh, sweep the homestand. Daniel Salerson with more on that ball game in just a moment. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson. It's game day for the Pelicans. The Pelicans look to get back to 500 tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Pelicans are riding a two-game winning streak, wins against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Utah Jazz. Some players to look out for tonight for the Pelicans. Ryan Anderson, in two games back since his toe injury, has 26 points against the 76ers and 19 points Wednesday night against the Jazz. He is shooting 10 of 16 from beyond the arc. That's 62.5%, which is the best percentage in the NBA. Also, Anthony Davis throwing the block party in the last two games. Nine blocks against the Philadelphia 76ers, which is a career high, and then eight blocks on Wednesday night against the Jazz. Anthony becomes the first player in the NBA to record eight-plus blocks in consecutive games since Dikembe Mutombo did it on December 1st and 2nd, 12 years ago. So again, the Pelicans host the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. The Cavaliers struggling 4-8 and eight this season. And Drew Holiday gets the task of Kyrie Irving tonight at shoot-around. I caught up with Drew to talk about tonight's matchup. Drew, you have the tough matchup of guarding Kyrie Irving. How much of it is, you know, you playing pretty good defense, also relying on your teammates, too, to help you? Uh, I think a lot of it is my teammates. Uh, it's honestly how we try to keep him out of paint. Um, he's, he's tough enough to wear. You know, just leaving it to one guy is pretty hard. What are you all doing so well winning the last two games after falling three straight on the road? What are you guys doing differently during this homestand? Um, I think we're being more active on defense, uh, trying to keep our opponents to a certain percentage and taking taking pride in that. Do you guys feel like you're gaining a little momentum now after two straight wins, feeling like you're all starting to play together a little bit more? Uh, I think we try to take a game at a time. Uh, obviously, it's pretty. Um, it's a lot better playing at home, so that, that's, that's, that's a lot better. All right, thanks, Drew. All right. You can catch tonight's action on Fox Sports New Orleans starting with the pregame show at 6.30. Then Joel Myers and David Wesley have the call. If you want to hear it on the radio, you can listen to 105.3 WWL-FM and the Pelicans Radio Network. Sean Kelly and John DeShazer have the call starting at 7 p.m. 
When we come back, Sean Kelly sits down with NFL Network's fantasy football editor, Michael Fabiano. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans for Guys Night Out, presented by Mellow Mushroom on Oak. Guys Night Out happens at home games throughout the season and includes two tickets, two draft beers, two pint glasses, a post-game photo with two dance team members, and a $10 gift card to Mellow Mushroom on Oak for as low as $88. Grab your pals and get on board for the next Guys Night Out on Friday, November 22nd against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Visit pelicans.com for tickets today. All right, welcome back to this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. You know, the bulk of the NFL weekend is about to get started, and that means fantasy football players are gearing up. Now, i got to admit, right off the bat, uh, our next guest is probably going to speak a language that maybe I don't understand, but I'm going to ask Michael Fabiano to kind of help me through this a little bit. Uh, Michael, I've never been uh, accused of being on the cutting edge or ultra hip, but uh, I'm way behind the ball in this fantasy football thing, and I know that you are the fantasy football editor for NFL.com's uh, uh, outlook and uh, you can be you can be followed on Twitter. You're kind of the guy. So help me out here. Help me realize the impact of fantasy football now on today's NFL. I honestly can't imagine watching the NFL without fantasy football. And I've been a fan of the NFL since I was eight years old, so it's been 32 years. And the impact of fantasy football is just so large and widespread. It's a big reason why the NFL has embraced fantasy football. Me, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life. Typically, fans will pay attention to their team and maybe the teams that are in their division. Well, now, because of fantasy football, you could be paying attention to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who you would have no interest in otherwise because Maurice Jones-Drew is on your fantasy team. And it also helps fans gain a better knowledge of players, of the game. Not only do you know the teams on your own roster, well, now if you're an East Coast fan and you root for the Giants, you probably know a lot of the players on the West Coast, San Francisco 49ers roster, because they have uh, players on on that team on their fantasy roster. It has been an extremely huge endeavor for the NFL, and the fact that fantasy football has become so big is nothing but good news for not only the popularity of the NFL, but the growth of the fan base as well. Michael, how does one become the fantasy football editor for NFL.com? I mean, this <laughs> I'm sure most people listening would say, this guy has the coolest job ever. Yeah, I'm blessed. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a little bit of hard work, a little bit of luck, that all happens. Um, I got into the business in 2000 before it really started to explode. Really, fantasy's been around for a long time. It actually dates back to the early 1960s. And clearly there was no internet back then. It was very basic. And I've played fantasy sports before the dawn of the internet. So I was writing down stats on pen and paper and uh, using USA Today box scores to figure out how my players did or didn't do that kind of thing. But it was really the dawn of the internet and the, uh, the explosion of sites who ran stats for people that really made 
fantasy football and fantasy sports in general so much more popular because now there was no need to have to go through box scores in a newspaper. You just plug everything into a online site, and hopefully you're using NFL.com, and they do the work for you. Michael Fabiano, obviously a good Irishman. Um, uh, you, can, you can catch him on NFL Fantasy Live. It streams Monday through Friday at 3 Central and then airs on the NFL Network at 4 and then on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. These are all Central times on NFL.com and the NFL Red Zone channel. All right, so all the guys and gals in the office are, are behind me here and, and saying quit, quit with this uh, small talk. Get me right to the headlines for fantasy footballers this coming NFL weekend. What's on tap, Michael? What should we be aware of? Well, You've got a lot of injuries that we're dealing with around the NFL, and that's been the case for the last few weeks. I can't remember a season when we've had so many injuries to big-name players. Aaron Rodgers, Doug Martin's out for the season. Arian Foster's out for the season. Julio Jones has been out for the season. So a lot of people this year have been scrambling to pick up players off of the waiver wire. Now, one thing that we predicted back in the preseason that's really come to fruition is that the quarterback position is really deep. Now, unless you have Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, who you're starting week in and week out, you really can play the matchups at the quarterback position and do pretty well. And even guys like Mike McGloin, who never made an NFL start last week, puts up almost 20 fantasy points. We've seen that with Brian Hoyer earlier this year before he was injured. We've seen that with a guy like Case Keenum. So we're learning things about the NFL and fantasy football. Another thing we've learned, and a lot of people who play fantasy football know this, boy, the running back position is thin, and it is tough to start really good, consistent players at that position unless you were lucky enough to draft someone like Jamal Charles, and maybe a no Sean Marino late. He's probably been the Alfred Morris of 2013 in terms of a steal at the running back position. You could be scrambling, and you see a lot of running backs struggling this year. Ray Rice, good week last week against Chicago, but bad matchup against the Jets this week, and overall he's been a disappointment. C.J. Spiller, Trent Richardson, Arian Foster, out for the season. So there has been a lot of scrambling this season. And I think fantasy owners probably are learning that the waiver wire is really, really important uh, to having success from a fantasy perspective. Michael, is there a matchup this weekend, a particular head-to-head, that if you're scrambling to find that last-minute uh, addition to your, your roster that you, you need to zero in on, that there's an opportunistic uh, matchup this weekend that could help you? There's several. One that I really like this weekend, one that I'm going to be taking advantage of myself, is the game in Baltimore. Now, the New York Jets are a different team on the road than they are at home, and they are not good on the road. So if you need a quarterback this week, remember, we have four teams on a bye coming up, uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Seattle. A lot of people have Russell Wilson. A lot of people have been starting Nick Foles. And Joe Flacco has not been good from a fantasy perspective. Yes, he is the defending Super Bowl MVP and had a big contract uh, signed over the offseason. But in fantasy, he hasn't been that great. But this is a really good matchup. You know, the Jets uh, have given up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season on the road. So we saw what they did against E.J. Manuel last week. Uh, E.J. Manuel had a big game. E.J. Manuel is not uh, an elite fantasy quarterback, but still put up a very good stat line. On the flip side of that, well, the Jets' offense turns the ball over a lot on the road. So you've got to like the Ravens' defense. So this is one of those games where it's not a gigantic game in terms of real NFL. Uh, There are AFC playoff implications on the line, but uh, that really doesn't get ramped up until the next couple of weeks. But in a fantasy perspective, you've got some potential good plays here that 
typically wouldn't be uh, brought to the forefront because, again, Flacco hasn't been that great this year from a fantasy perspective. The Ravens' defense has sort of been average this year from a fantasy perspective. So that's clearly one that you want to take a look at. Another one is in Kansas City this week. Right, the Chiefs' defense against Philip Rivers. Rivers, his numbers have been dropping a little bit. Um, you have Ryan Matthews coming off a big game. I don't like him this week against Kansas City. Antonio Gates has become a guy you're starting week in and week out. Tough matchup. Same thing with Keenan Allen, and the Chiefs are coming off a loss against Denver. In Denver, they're going to be fired up to play a very strong game to bounce back. You've got Jamal Charles, who has been arguably the best running back in fantasy football, and the Chiefs' defense, which has been the best defense in fantasy football. So. That's also a very interesting game because typically you think of AFC West games as these high-scoring barn burners. And this one here could be a bit low-scoring and not have a whole lot of major fantasy impact players outside of a guy, of course, like Jamal Charles. Good stuff. Michael, uh, help me understand this. Uh, don't, don't most of these leagues now get set for their playoffs here shortly? Right. The the trade deadline on NFL.com is this week. Uh, it's already okay. passed. And the playoffs start in most leagues in week 14. But there's also leagues who only have two weeks of playoffs, so they go 15-16. So right now you're looking at week 12, week 13, and then going into your playoffs. If you have six teams in the playoffs, you start in week 14. If you only have four teams in the playoffs, then you start in week 15. But clearly, things are gearing up. It's crunch time right now. So, All right, but we've missed the trade deadline on NFL.com, but there may be some other leagues that still have trade possibilities out there. Sure. Is there, is there a popular player um, that are on most rosters that, that become very tradable at this point? Is there, is there some tip you can give them as far as who should they dump, or maybe they should try and go after here late if it's even possible? Look at the schedule. The schedule is so important right now. A guy that I really love is Tony Romo. If you can acquire Tony Romo, do it. Remember his game before the bye against the Saints, he was terrible uh, statistically, and his value has dropped a little bit. Go out and pick him up. He's a guy that I really like. Zach Stacy for the St. Louis Rams. I love this kid. He has been phenomenal ever since the Rams lost Sam Bradford because now they are a run-first team, and they are giving him the ball. He is the centerpiece of that offense. That's another guy that I really like. Go out and trade for a Brandon Marshall. You can tell I go after the big names. I'm not going after these ham and eggers on fantasy rosters. I'm going after the big names. And, hey, you know what? I'm willing to pay for the big names in a trade. Right now, it is more important to have the strongest starting lineup you possibly can than it is to have depth. Earlier in the season, you want to have that depth. Hopefully, you've been playing the waiver wire to the point where, you know what, now, heck, I've got a Bobby Rainey on my bench. Uh, I, can, I can maybe try to flip him for uh, an upgrade at another position where I'm not so strong. A lot of people have that issue at tight end this year because that position, outside of, of course, if you have Jimmy Graham or Rob Gronkowski, uh, that position has been sort of tough to gauge from a fantasy perspective. So now is the time to do that if you still have the ability to make trades in your league. And NFL.com's standard trade deadline uh, was the 22nd, but of course there's a lot of leagues out there where they extend their trade deadline. It's a little bit deeper into the season. So always look to make trades. I always say if you're not trading, you're not trying. And Build up that starting lineup to be as good as you possibly can, even if it means you're sacrificing some depth. Because fantasy points on your bench are really not helping you. And at this stage of the game, you need to have as many good players possible active and in your starting lineup week in 
and week out. So go after guys like Romo. Go after a guy like a Brandon Marshall. Go after a guy like Rob Gronkowski, uh, another big name. Hey, you know what? This is the time of the year where you go out and you try to make things happen. Uh, and as a general manager of a fantasy team, you always have to be aggressive. Great stuff. Fascinating. This was a lot of fun. Michael, I appreciate it very much. How can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, go to at Michael underscore Fabiano and make sure to check out our show, NFL Fantasy Live. It airs on NFL Network every day at 5 p.m. Eastern and then again at 1 a.m. on the East Coast. So check that out. We always have the best and most up-to-date news and notes and advice from the world of fantasy football. And it's been a pleasure to be on with you and uh, uh, definitely looking forward to coming back on with you again. Hey, yeah, I'd love if it. I can talk about Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham all day long, I'd love it. Let's get into that. Maybe i uh, have you on in a week or two and you can, uh, we can talk about how the Saints numbers have impacted things. And so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, well, Drew Brees is one of the best in fantasy and he's one of the best out there on the gridiron as well. Michael Fabiano, I really appreciate it. This was a great. I, yeah, I didn't know what to do with this, but now I now I'm I maybe I maybe set myself up for a full season this next year. Like I've got. The I time hope so. Go. All right. Well, now I know you, and so I at least follow you on Twitter and start watching uh, on the television and online. Appreciate it very much. Take care. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. We're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, as we wrap up this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, a reminder that for any breaking news on the Pelicans and or the Saints, and for all the up-to-date information and in-depth coverage, don't forget to check out the two team websites. That's pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Tip-off is at 7 in New Orleans Arena tonight. There are still tickets available if you'd like to come on out and see Kyrie Irving and the Cleveland Cavaliers take on your New Orleans Pelicans. Pell's going for a sweep of the homestand tonight and back to 500. If the Pelicans win tonight, it would also be win number 100 for Pelicans head coach Monty Williams. So we wish Coach and the Pels all the best tonight, and congratulations again to the Saints and head coach Sean Payton as they improved the 9-2 and two with a win over those uh, Falcons last night in the Georgia Dome. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to Daniel Salerson for helping us out today. John DeShazer, Michael Fabiano, Tim Lolito, and you, of course, for following us on the Black and Blue Report. We'll look for you next week. It'll be a shortened week on the show. It is holiday time, and the Saints will be idle for the first part of the week, but the Pelicans will be playing hard as they go to San Antonio and then back home to face Golden State on Tuesday night at New Orleans Arena. Don't forget, we'll see you on the radio tonight starting at 7 all across the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. And with that, I'm Sean Kelly saying so long for just a while. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.